0: hey there and welcome to the one church podcast this message was recorded live at one of our services if you'd like to know more about life at one church visit us online at weareone.church one.church or check us out on social media good morning what a great place to spend our morning hey just, just fabulous. Chris, great job with leading us in worship, and the team just doing fantastic. So, so thank you for that. And um, as, as has been alluded to already, we are in the last morning of our Fierce series. So um, you would have had one of these cards if you've been here over the last couple of weeks. And, uh, and this whole series has been to set us up for this year. It's not just a one-hit wonder kind of preach. It's something to kind of like set us for, for the year that is ahead. Because we are believing that God has got great things for us in this year. And, uh, and there's going to need to be a little bit of fierceness in us to kind of take hold of that for which God has taken hold of us. And, uh, and so this morning it's, it's my privilege to, to wrap that up. Um, but it's been a great few weeks. Um, started right at the beginning of January. John was speaking and he framed it with reference to... Actually, right. we need to recognise who we're fighting and that we're in a fight and not just be passive and, and let things slide away from us. But, but he gave us some tools to help us for the fight. Um, if you were here, you may remember that there was Sarah Etherton and Dan Yates who were stood up on a platform having an arm wrestle. And if you know Dan Yates, he's very tall. If you know Sarah Etherton, she's my mum. So I can't really say, she's really small. And, um, but anyway, so, so they were having this arm wrestle. And it's like sometimes you're so intimidated by the enemy, you just let it slide. And, uh, and John was encouraging us to kind of like bring people in around us. So he said, like, bring people that are going to stand with you and are going to encourage you because we need that. And bring people that are going to pray with you and help you through it in that way. And, and together we'll overcome. And so that was like part of John's message. And then Amy, um, two weeks ago, she spoke about fierce faith. And she spoke with reference to fierce faith being fierce obedience. Mind blown. Just get the podcast. Amazing, amazing. And then Nathan last week, like I've really bigged up Amy. I have to like big up Nathan as well, don't I? Because uh, he's probably going to listen. And uh, so Nathan um, spoke last week and he said, like, when we know what it is that we are pursuing, then we know what we should be fleeing from. And a great challenge for us, because God has got things for us to take hold of, has got things for us to pursue, and you know, you can't take hold of that if your hands are trying to take hold of something else. So you have to pursue this to yeah. take hold of it. And, uh, and so today we're just going to wrap up the series, and uh, if you are taking notes, then the four words that I'm going to use that, that like sums up this preach is, it's worth the fight. Yes. It's worth the fight. And what we're going to do is we're going to go into 1 Timothy 6, just read the passage that we've been looking at. It'll be on the screen behind me if you haven't got your Bible, but 1 Timothy 6, 11 through to verse 14, and then straight after that we'll pray and we'll dive right on in. So 1 Timothy 6, 11 to 14 says this, But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, of faith. Father, we thank you because you are right here with us this morning. And we thank you that you have got words that you want to speak over our lives. You have words that aren't just going to hover over us, but are going to come into our very being. And Lord, will you enable us to hear your word this morning? May we be changed when we leave because of your word this morning. Inspire us and release us into our adventure in you. In Jesus' wonderful name, Amen, and Amen. So fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of the faith. The good fight suggests there's other fights as well, that there are bad fights, and that there are daft fights. Um, You may have seen this headline or or seen it on the news, but uh, this is quite recent. Um, A cat lover wins £20,000 court battle. To ban neighbour from feeding her pet. That is a daft battle. Right? Like, cats know where they're going to get fed. Like, if you don't want your neighbour feeding your cat, get a cat fish and keep it in an aquarium where you can control what food goes to that fish. Because a cat is going to find out. I, I grew up in a hotel right in the city centre of Gloucester and uh, we had a cat um, called Mitzi. Mitzi. And we lived in a flat within the hotel complex, and the cat would come and sleep with us at night. And then in the morning, it would wake up and it would meow. And my mum would like just give it food, like a little tinny kitty cat for the day to set it up for the day. So Mitzi would eat that, then would just kind of like wander on downstairs and go to the kitchen complex within the hotel, and just sit by the kitchen and meow. And we used to have this gorgeous sous chef dot. And uh, she would hear the meowing cat. And Mitzi knew that Dot was weak. (laughs) And he could just look at her eyes and Dot would succumb to the cat. And uh, to the point of, like genuinely, she would cook kippers for Mitzi. She would cook a, a fillet of place under the grill. And then kind of like, just kind of put butter on it so it melted gently into it and then cut it up so Mitzi would then eat this fish, eat the said fish. And then we'd just give a little kind of like thank you by rubbing up next to the legs, because everybody knows that means, in cat language, you're my best friend ever. <laughs> so the cat does that. Then you would come back upstairs to the flat, probably have a little kip, and then start nagging for cat biscuits from the boys. So we'd give it some little cat biscuits happy with that, have a little sleep, go back downstairs, go back to the kitchen complex, start meowing again, where's Dot, where's Dot, where's Dot, there's Dot. Suddenly, roast chicken, <laughs> given to the cat. From there, it would go on up to the bar, and it would look for somebody of whom's eating a bar snack, and would just sit there nagging the customers, and suddenly it's getting fish again. Cats know where to eat. right? It's a daft fight trying to stop it. And we laugh at these things, but, but like, we're in daft fights. Like, every morning, every mealtime at my house, there's a daft fight. We have a set of forks. Like There's not a great deal of difference between forks. Forks are forks. My kids, they know and they see a difference between these forks. Even though we bought them in the same set, they're the same shape, the same size. There's a difference. And there's a fight every day over these forks. We've got car seats. Three car seats. Two are absolutely identical. There's a fight every single time. Which car seat? Do you want to sit? Why aren't you sitting in this one? Because it's not that one. But it's the same as that one. I want to sit in that one. It's this daft fight. And I've suddenly realised, right, here, here we go. I've married into this daft fight world. I've realised it. Right, the wider family, they, they even glory in it on social media. If you just want to watch this little clip This is the wider family that I've married into And a little bit of a daft fight Mommy, my bogey What's the matter? Mommy, my bogey Phoebe's got your bogey? Yeah Oh ah. <laughs> Can I have other bogey back? No, I want bogey What have you got? Oh, God. Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah. That is a daft fight. That is a daft fight. They're free. And yet we get into these fights, and we're, we're, we're in these fights we are having daft I've noticed something in me at the moment. So um, I, my, my oldest lad, Elijah, is part of Quedley Wanderers Football Club. And uh, every week I go to their practice and there's one of the other dads that stands there. And uh, we've obviously made small chat. And uh, so you're talking away. And, and each week I'm sat there and we're laughing together, just like bantering with one another. And uh, the first week when I got to meet him, I said, oh, hi, my name's Eddie. What's your name? And he said, oh, I'm... So, so I asked the question. Sorry, I, I didn't hear that. What's your name again? Uh, obviously, I'm English, so I can't ask three times. <laughs> right, I, I have no idea what this guy's name is. So it's like, oh, okay. All right, mate. And th- then the next week, I think, okay, I'm going to get over this. So, so the next week, it's like, oh, I'm really sorry, I'm rubbish with names. Oh, I've forgotten what it was. What, what's your name? Uh, <laughs> right, I can't even ask twice now, because that would be four times in total. And uh, so so like, I've got a plan on how I'm going to do it but there's this daft battle going on inside of me which is like ed just like ask the question and say I'm really sorry can you tell me again what your name is because it's this daft fight I just need to overcome and do you know in church we have daft fights like what's the daft fight that we're wrestling with you know, there are churches dedicated to people of whom were martyred over how they took communion not with reference to communion, but how they took communion. What a daft fight. There's people that like, we, we wander around different churches because of style rather than substance. I mean, that's just a daft fight, and it shows that there's no substance to our style. And we're, we're caught up in these daft fights. And when you read the Bible, there are sometimes passages which you read. And like, if, you don't, if you don't read the whole thing, you're thinking... That is such a daft fight. And we're we're going to read one of these battles, which when you read it, it feels like such a daft fight. Okay, so if you've got your Bible and it, will be up on screen. We're going to go to 2 Samuel 23, verses 11 and 12, a terrific little passage. And next to him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Hararite. The Philistines gathered together at Lehi, where there was a plot of ground full of lentils. And the men fled from the Philistines. But he took his stand in the midst of the plot and defended it. Hold on, let's just read that again. Where there was a plot, a ground, full of gold. Full of silver. It was where David was and he needed to defend his kit. No, 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 it doesn't say any of that. It says lentils. He's fighting for a field of lentils. Right, I am not a big lentil eater. Like, they are, to me, a cheap filler. Like, back at the hotel, we used to have, like, beautiful um, homemade soups. They'd be made every morning. And the one I didn't like was lentil soup. It's like, if there was one on the menu, and I look at it, and it's like lentil soup, it's like, oh, go okay. Lentils. Um, I have the the weight and the privilege of my younger brother being my hero. And uh, he's my hero because like, he, he served in the armed forces um, for several years in several different combat zones on multiple occasions. And uh, at Christmas, he was telling some of his stories like only soldiers can. And uh, he had Elijah eaten out of his hand. And he was talking about some of the stuff of which he's, some of the scrapes that he's been in. And like, partly there's me, like, I'm, I'm loving the stories, but at the same time I'm thinking, I don't know if I want Elijah hearing all of this. And, uh, but if you ask him, like, uh, what's the closest you've got? What's the closest you've got to dying? What has been a scrape when you've just thought, we're not getting out of this? And he's had a few of those. But the one that he talks about as being the most dangerous one was he was in a camp in the desert. He wakes up at night just needing to go to the toilet. So he gets out, wanders over to relieve himself, and he disturbs a cobra that flips itself up. Fortunately, Chris had like a head camera, which um, uh, gets the cobra all confused. And so, anyway, after a significant time of pain, the snake died. And, uh, but, but like, as a brother, that's not what I want to hear. I, I want to hear about his valor. I want to hear about his heroics. I want to hear about his exploits. I don't want to hear about like, yeah, it was this snake almost got me actually. And just thinking, like when I read this, I'm thinking about Agi, his dad. And like he's hearing the story that his son is having a fight. He's hearing the story that the Philistines are coming, and he's hearing the story that actually Shammah is all on his own, and he's fighting tough and Nail, and he's fighting. Where is he fighting? And I can imagine Agi thinking, where is he fighting? Is it for some righteous cause? Is it to defend his king? Is he being like Lord of the Rings where he says, And none shall pass. Actually, no, it's, um, it's a field of lentils. <laughs> Sorry. But, but I think I'm recognising this as a parent, like a father knows their son. And I think a gi would be knowing, oh, actually, it may be just a field of lentils to you. But I know Shammah is seeing the promise of God. Yeah. Shammah is seeing the purpose of God. What I really like about this at Lehi, the place where it takes place, we have no idea where that place is. It's not got big monuments. It's not got big, big statues there. It, it, there's another battle that takes place with Samson at this place, but we don't know where it is. We know it's within the region of Judah. So it's within the promise of God. But actually, we don't know where. It's just a field of lentils. And what happens? This man, he takes his stand He took his stand and in the midst of the plot and defended it and struck down the Philistines and the Lord worked a great victory. The Lord worked a great victory. What are the promises of which we are like looking at and thinking they are mere lentils. Let's just let the enemy have them. What is it that maybe God has said to you or has challenged you with as you sat under scripture? Maybe about kind of like personal purity or, 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 or generosity or, or some character or some gift or some call that, that God has challenged us with. And actually the enemy is coming at us. And it's like, no, that's just, just lentils really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll step back. I'll go with the crowd. Because the truth is you'll always go with the crowd when you're seeing just lentils. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But when you see the promise of God... When you see it as the provision of God, when you see it as the purpose of God, as the call of God over your life, then all of a sudden, the whole reason why I'm standing here is different. It ain't lentils. It ain't for a soup. This is the purpose and the plan and the promise of God over my life and over this country. And Shammah takes this stand. He takes this stand. He might not have realized that everybody was going to leave, that he would be on his own. I'm sure he wouldn't have when it all started. But he finds himself there and he's going, no, I am determined to defend this ground. Because what it stands for is God's promise over my life. And these fights, they, they suddenly creep up on us. They suddenly come up on us. This is a good fight. And it suddenly creeps up on us. Um, just recently, um, Nicole's job came to an end just before Christmas. And, uh, and as you do those kind of things with a little family, kind of like there's some tensions, et that creates. So what we looked at is we looked at our incomings, our outgoings, and we figured, okay, if we can talk to our mortgage company, then we can just make some amends on that and everything will be smooth. So all good, let's just make the arrangement. So we're having a conversation with the mortgage advisor. And they're looking at our scenario and our situation, they're like going, yeah, no problem with lending you the money, the, the um, house has gone up in value, your loan to valuation is good, so the percentage is all good, and all those things, of which like, I don't really know what they're talking about in truth. But they're kind of going, yeah, that's all good. However, there is one thing. There is one thing. And we said, oh, okay, what's that? And They said, oh, it's about your affordability. And we said, oh, what's the reference? And they said, okay, well, there's this money that goes out of your account every month. And if we remove that, it's very affordable. But with it being there, it's not affordable. And so we can't change the, the product for you. We said, OK, well, what's this amount of money? And actually, it turned out to be our tithe, what we give by standing order to church. So we're having this conversation. And to this guy, it's just lentils. And we're in this little fight where the logic that this guy was talking to us, it made loads of sense. And we're having to listen to him and say, no, 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 no. This is who we are. We get to give. And actually, this is how we worship. This is a part of our worship. So we are going to continue giving. We're not telling you to stop. We're just telling you that you just have to take it off of your account. whatever. No, no, no. This is us. This is just as much a part of us as the name at the top of the statement. This is who we are. And so it came to the point where we just said to this chap, thank you so much for the time. We thank you for your advice. We thank you for what you've done and how you've journeyed with us. I'm sorry if you feel this is a waste of time, but we're not going to continue with this conversation. Thank you very much. Goodbye. And what I'd like to tell you It's like as soon as we ended that that conversation, that we walk past the front door and all of a sudden something comes through the letterbox and it's like uh, some big check signed by God himself saying, here you go, well done. And it's like, no, no, the fight still goes on. But it's a good fight. And it's a fight in which we are positioning ourselves. For some people, it might appear to be just mere lentils, but we are positioning ourselves to say, God, we are waiting to see your goodness in this. We are waiting to see your faithfulness in this. Our hope and our expectation is that our God is for us, that our God loves us, that he's looking after us, that he's watching over us, and that he sees us. Yeah. And so we are going to step into seeing the goodness of God. There's a beautiful part of the Psalms where it says, like, I, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Right? I, I'm praying that. I'm a, I, I've had the privilege of experiencing that. And now as a dad, I want to show my kids that. I want to say, hey, look, here's an adventure that we're on, and we're going to see the goodness of God on this adventure. We're going to see the provision of God and the faithfulness of God. We're, we're one of those families that have signed up to go to Mission 2020, and we're going to Belgium. And, and we've brought the kids all the way along on this trip so far. They, they are going to come with us as well. We're not just going to leave them at Dover. And, uh, but, but we are like really like engaging them in with the conversations. Like, hey, let's, let's pray. We want to see God's goodness in this. We, we get to go, and we, we're getting to give, and we're getting to sow, we're getting to do all sorts of things. But like the main thing is, like you are going to see God in your life. You are going to see God at work yes. in your life. Just this morning, Summer like tells us this morning, I was dreaming about mission. Oh, oh. It's like, oh, really, what, what was the dream? We were on a private jet <laughs> going to Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're like a, you may have got the wrong detail about something and, uh, and actually I've got to say right I felt really challenged by this just, just this morning after she said it because what I felt got kind of say is like actually I'm talking to her about how important it is when you're going on my tasks like suddenly I'm kind of like I'm trying to deflate her Like it won't be a private jet it would be a ferry not really can't really compare the two and like, got to say and actually no I'm teaching her I'm teaching her about, actually, when you step out, I'm watching you. When you step out, I'm providing for you. When you step out, though it looks like lentils, hey, walk in the provision and the promise of God. Because you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Um, when I read this, this passage, I kind of like, I'm seeing it in my mind's eye. Uh, and I think about Shammah in the middle of this field, and wave after wave of the Philistines are coming upon him. I mean, it must have looked like something from a marvel film, Marvel Universe film or, or a DC comic. Just everybody coming over and Shama's standing there and he's like taking them all out. And uh, like, I, I know what you might be perceiving of me sat there and you might think my life is just one big Marvel comic oh, yeah. and, uh, and, and DC kind of universe. No, actually, I've never really been in one of those kind of scrapes. Um, like battles over forks are as close as I get. And um, I've only got the one wound. <laughs> and, uh, but, um, but, 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 but this fight comes on, but, but I, there is a place where I've seen it. And some time ago, a few years ago, being a, a Liverpool fan, my privilege to get up to Anfield on occasions. And, um, and I travelled up to Anfield, and there was this moment when you're there, and there's like thousands of fans. And at some point, just around Anfield Road area, I think it was, and uh, we were stood in this great crowd of all the fans, and all the police are, like, locking arms to stop the fans getting through. And uh, just at one point, whatever happened, just the fans spilt through. So all of a sudden, we're, we're in a place where we shouldn't have been. And it wasn't out of, like, any kind of aggression or anything like that at all. It was just the sheer numbers of people. And suddenly we turned this corner, and, like, I think it was the Wigan fans that we were, like, approaching. thinking, "Oh, this is going to get Interesting. Here's my marvel moment, and uh, not. And uh, all of a sudden, just around the corner, like two or three police horses come nonchalantly trotting towards us. And hundreds of fans, hundreds of fans come up to these horses, they just turn sideways on, and they stop the march of the crowd. Right, they were just awesome. I've got a picture of a police horse. This is my kind of picture as well. <laughs> it's like that's my Saturday. But um, but like these horses are just incredible in how they stand and how like like everybody gives it a wide berth. You you can see photos online of like where there's crowds of fans and there's like one horse and they part like the Red Sea. Yeah. Like no one's taking on this horse. They are just incredible. Just a few months back, I took the kids up onto May Hill. And there's horses on May Hill. And I'm thinking, these are like the horses. These are horses. I've seen them at Anfield. I'm going to see them at May Hill. The horses on May Hill are more English than I am. Right? You walk on up, and we got down to this little path where, where it kind of was just a little bit tight. And the horses were just so nervous. They were, like, they were pushing themselves against, against the hedge. As if to say, sorry, 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 go on, you go past. and like, I'm taking the kids, I can't remember if I put the kids in front of me or behind me, but, but anyway, whatever it was, and um, just trying to kind of like, like walk carefully past these horses. And I just thought, man, they are nothing like the horses at Anfield. They are nothing like the police horses that we see. I mean, you can put a saddle on them and ride them, but that's as close as it gets. And then I've been thinking about this, and a little passage has led me to this thought about that's actually their nature. May Hill is more real than an anfield. Because a horse is a prey animal. More things eat it than it eats. like it eats grass. But lots of things are trying to eat the horse. So naturally, it has this nervousness. Naturally, it is a victim animal. It's a prey animal. But something happens. An instructor, a trainee, starts walking with a horse, starts teaching this horse. This is how you react. This is how you respond. It gives a whole different narrative over that horse than what even its natural instinct is to say. And I think there's this passage, one of my favourite passages in the Bible, of where God is speaking to Job and he's playing on, on, on this whole concept about actually like here's this animal of which is a prey animal, of which the narrative over it is one of like be passive, be nervous, be the victim, be on the run, flee constantly. And yet actually God says this, with reference to the horse, and you can find it in Job 39. It will be on screen, 19 to 25. And you have to read this with your mind's eye. Don't just read the words, picture this creature. Do you give the horse his might? Do you clothe his neck with a mane? Do you make him leap like the locust? His majestic snorting is terrifying. One of the best little turn of phrases in all of the Bible. His majestic snorting is terrifying. He pours in the valley and exalts in his strength. He goes out to meet the weapons. He laughs at fear and is not dismayed. He does not turn back from the sword. Upon him rattle the quiver, the flashing spear and the javelin. With fierceness and rage, he swallows the ground. He, He cannot stand still at the sound of the trumpet. When the trumpet signs, he says, Aha! He smells the battle from afar, the thunder of the captains and the shouting. He says, A-ha. I almost think it's like, come on, it's fighting time. Yeah. That's what he's shouting. Why? Because like God has given him this gift, this might to this horse. Right? God's word over us is so different from what the narrative of which we might have been taught or what we've heard all of our lives. But God says, like, in the same way that I have spoken this over this horse, in the same way that the nature of the horse is so different, when I give it its might. So he says over us, Your nature may be one where you're shrinking back. But actually, when I give you might, when you stand in Christ, as Chris encouraged us right at the beginning from Ephesians 6 verse 10, like stand, stand in the might that God gives you. Stand in Christ. As we stand on the promise and the provision of God, then there is an open heaven above us where God is giving and instilling and empowering and imparting gift and power and promises for you. To win, to go forward, to drive forward, and to make a difference. I'm, um, I'm really, really excited by by what God is speaking over this church. Um, I, like we are one, and the we are ones before that, and generally the theme, the narrative that we're hearing as a church is so excited. But, but right, we need to be like the warhorse of Job, that is like ready for this this time, this era that lies ahead, this this nature where we are kind of pouring at the ground. Going, oh man, Like God, just say the word and we're going. Yeah. Just say the word and we're going to go and we're going to fight. Because like, we can be really passive or we can be pensive or we can like, disperse back, back to this lovely little spot on the side of the hill. And we can look over the city and just say, but, but like, it's, too, it's too hard. The battles that are going on in the city are too hard. I mean, look at like, the houselessness or the homelessness that's taking place within the city. What it's like be inspired by the Ian and Andrea Foggs of whom have like, poured at the ground and have thought, actually, we can do something about that. And look at O.C. the one church house and the difference that's making. You might look at the schools or you might look at the, the youth culture within the city and just think, oh man, we, we can't really make a difference in that. Well, well, look at OC youth, look at what's happening within like Thrive and the youth groups that are taking place. Look at OC kids and what's taking place in these lives, where people's lives, children's lives are being totally turned around. Why? Because the lights of Tom and Steph and Nathan and others they 're pouring at the grind, and they 're saying, "God, just tell us to go, tell us to go. Your word over us is far more stronger than what it is that 's in front of us. And so with you, we will be victorious. With you, we can leap over a wall. With you, we can overcome. With you, we can make a difference. And the horse runs, and one church runs at the battle right we 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 read newspaper articles we see even like the the impact of drugs and and all that kind of scenario that's taking place and actually like and but then like look at fresh start and the courses that are taking place like the stories even last week that we've heard where people are coming through because god is meeting with them because people are taking time and they're going actually right god you've given me words for this situation and we're going to see victories and we're going to see freedom because other people might be looking on it and they're just seeing it as lentils. But actually, this is the promise and the provision of God for us. And it's not just for the named few, it's for every single one of us. It's for every single one of us to jump into it. And if you find yourself here this morning and this is your home, this is your church, if, if you're not serving, like be like the horse pouring at the ground and just think, where can I serve? Where can I serve? Can I, can I help with the kids? Can I help with the youth? Can I help with the welcome team? Can I help with whatever it is? How can I serve? I've got to have this nature of the horse. Which like going, actually, it's because of God giving me the might and giving me the victory, I am going to run at this. In my own strength, I can't do it. I'm like the pony on May Hill. But with the promise of God, the presence of God, the might of God, suddenly suddenly I can charge I can charge I can charge as as I've alluded to already um, I am quite a football fan and uh, so I was watching uh, football focus the other week and there's Sean Dice was being interviewed and this is the manager of Burnley Football Club and he is doing an amazing job with Burnley. he has got them punching way above their weight and uh, he's, he's good fun, he's passionate, he's exciting, he talks really blunt, and I really enjoy listening to him. But everything has changed now. Because the other Saturday morning, football focus, there was an interview, Summer was playing just in front of the telly. As soon as the man with the most beautiful voice in all of the football world, Sean Dyche with his gravelly voice, starts speaking. Summer looks at me, she looks at him, looks at me and she goes... Is he a pirate, Daddy? I don't care what achievements he's done. All of a sudden now, he's a pirate. Whenever I see him, whenever I hear him, I'm hearing the words of summer over him. He's a pirate. What are the words that you're listening to over your life? Because God has got a whole different narrative over you. God has a whole different narrative over you. And it's one to be victorious it's one to be free in the adventure that we have with God it's one to step in to all that God's got for us so that our lives become the very arena of the supernatural miraculous works of God there's this verse in the end of Isaiah and I'm just loving it, I'm breathing it, I'm praying it at the moment when it just says like like God is waiting to be discovered by those who are not looking for him and suddenly like there's there's a new excitement in like conversations that I have with people even though I do not know their name that I can talk to him about, you know, I'm, I work for a church, I have the privilege of working for a church I have the privilege to be involved in, in all that it's doing Because like, I believe that there is a God that's got a great plan for this city A great plan for all the people in this city And you being one of those people, he's got a great plan for you Right? That guy has no idea that God is right behind him Because he's not looking for him But God is waiting to be found God is waiting to be found and my challenge this morning is let's stop looking and putting all our energies into the daft fights let's leave those alone and look at what is the purpose and the promises of God what are the mere lentils because I can promise you this a lentil that is the provision of God is far greater than the KFC from a king. And for you, and for me, and for one church, we have a great adventure ahead of us. But it's about us stepping into all that God's got for us. It's about us making a fresh declaration, saying, God, I am going to declare your words over my life. Not the words I've heard before, not the words of some passive pony, but the words of this war horse, because the might of heaven is with me, the might of heaven is upon me. Chris and the team are going to lead us in in a time of of worship now. But but very specifically, we're going to use this song as a declaration. We're going to stand and we're going to be saying, God, right, this you have the victory you have the victory this is my statement this is my expectation because I am going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living I am going to see the victory that God's got for me I am going to overcome and this battle may be, be fighting for years but actually there's victory coming because the might of heaven is with me and suddenly there's a, there's a new horse in, on, on the street that I'm just going to turn a corner, there's a new horse, I'm going to be pouring the ground, I'm listening for the shout of my commander, I'm listening for the word of God. And when he says go, I am going to go. And will that be you? Will you go? Will you go? Because we get to go. We get to do it. Will you stand please? Father, thank you that you have got a great plan and a great purpose. Thank you that you have done so much for us and that you have allowed us to enter into your kingdom. We pray that we will bring your kingdom, a kingdom which is growing, a kingdom that is expanding, a kingdom of power, a kingdom of hope, a kingdom of grace, a kingdom of worth, a kingdom where people find their riches in you. Father, this is our declaration and we know that you are for us. And so we can sing in confidence. We can declare in confidence that our God is the victory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, maybe you're here this morning and this afternoon, and this is one of the first times you've been along to church, and you're just thinking like, I've got no one fighting for me. We've just read this story about Shammah. And I want to tell you that Jesus is your Shammah. You may feel like just a mere lentil. On this planet of six, seven, eight billion lentils, right? Jesus came for you. Jesus came and died for you. His blood drenched that field so that you are cleansed and so that you can come to this party. You can come and just say, God, wow, if that's you, I wanna know more. If there's an adventure in you, I wanna know it. And if that's you we're going to pray in just a minute and i'm going to ask everybody just to close their eyes if that's you then please just raise your hand so i can see because we're going to pray and this is like an amazing adventure where we are like suddenly breaking into the kingdom of god your life can change beyond all recognition from this moment because suddenly you realize there's a shama and his name is jesus And he's fighting for you. He's in your corner. He's praying for you. He loves you. He longs for you. And he's got a plan and a purpose for you. So if that's you, then please just raise your hand. And we're going to pray for you. That's fantastic. Thank you very much. I see that. Thank you. That's terrific. I see that. Yeah. Yeah. Fabulous. Fabulous. Thank you. God, we thank you. Thank you that you are speaking today. And that you are bringing people... Into the purpose and the plan of heaven that you have for them, that you have spoken over them before the creation of the world. And God, we, we celebrate and we thank you that we can now be released into the adventure that we have in you. That we will come to know you all the more. That this adventure will be a wild adventure in you, where we see your goodness, we see your provision, we see you given to us again and again in the land of the, in the land of the living. We see your goodness. So god we thank you thank you for the lives that are changed even this morning and we pray that we will leave different under the narrative that you have spoken over us into the victories you've got for us as individuals and as a church in jesus name amen amen and amen